There's no switch to flip when solving for the lack of diversity, inclusion, and equity at agencies. It's not a weekend warriors project. It requires strategy. Bold Culture's approach provides cultural insights for marketing and talent managers. We consult with companies on how to foster inclusion, connect them with diverse talent across the ladder, and we work with our clients to develop authentic multicultural marketing campaigns. When you're unlearning generations of bias, you need a strategy that works for the long term. Want to know where to start? Contact us at info at boldculture.co. Or visit us at boldculture.co. Welcome to Mixed Company, bringing the siloed and uncomfortable conversation we have with our friends to the forefront so everyone can participate in the conversation. We say all the things you never would in Mixed Company. Welcome to Mixed Company. Um, all right, guys. Welcome back. Mixed Company podcast. Hooray, hooray, hooray. The, let, let me start by saying the last episode we had Derek Walker on the show, and Derek was just all the tea, just saying all kinds mm-hmm. of things, just, you know, just being real Uncle Derek. Yeah. Um, real drunk uncle. But real, real drunk uncle that don't drink alcohol. Yeah. And For I real. think what's really going to make this even more entertaining is that we haven't finished inviting family to the show. Yes. We've also invited our cousin to the show. Yes. Um, this cousin <laughs> is, you, let me go, let me start by saying you're on everybody's social media, everything right now. Whether I'm looking at your page or somebody else's, I see your face. So we have Miss Mary Pryor here. If you don't know her, I need everybody to pull up a chair. Okay, get you some tea, maybe a little CBD oil if you have it. Um, because I feel like we're going to have a really good conversation, and I feel like at some point it's also going to be as unfiltered as we can possibly get um, in the best way possible. Mary Pryor has um, come from the advertising industry and also transitioned into this world that I'm pretty sure all of us are trying to figure out how to get in, the cannabis industry. And you've been able to marry your, uh, your skills and your knowledge um, to kind of become like the the spokeswoman, but like on our end, like she's like the black queen of like cannabis right and now. And I didn't kill anybody, nor did I strip to make it happen. Amen. Listen, but I will if I have to. Listen, <laughs> listen. This I was is about to say, look, like I tell you all the time, I don't judge how you get it done. Did I'll you succeed? I'll stab somebody. I will. Listen, listen. I and you try. put on a good Meg the Stallion, and I could get it popping, and we can all eat. For the rest I just want to make year. sure you know that you can't really be a part of the fan club because you're not tall. Yeah, I can like her from afar. You well, can, uh, but I just don't want you to like. I add don't. I'm not. To, I'm not. <laughs> don't add an inch to your height I to try to be a part a of the fan club. But I appreciate. I appreciate. You're in my little value. pony, and that's fine. We have a space for you. I, <laughs> See, I actually appreciate that. I'm a little pony. I'm gonna say that on my Tinder profile. Anyway. <laughs> Also, shout out to that Fever album because that shit is fun. His Fever really album is lit. Yeah, way better than Khaled. <laughs> way better yeah. than DJ Khaled. Yeah. DJ Hot 97 I was not really here for that. And he usually is the king of the summer. And so I really wanted concerned. him to be with yeah. Bougie Blanca. Anyway, listen, we can go in and we can talk about all the hottest tracks on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. But... The most important thing here is that we have Mary Pryor joining us. Yay. Welcome. Mary, welcome. I'm going to read your bio because Karina was asking you questions <laughs> that are literally answered in your bio. That she wrote. That hey, she wrote. Hey, hey, hey. That hey. she wrote. Some of those questions are pretty good, okay? I do say so myself. But not you, the but questions. Not the, questions the fact that you the wrote one. the bio and you asked oh, me what did I'm I do. Sorry. I have very limited memory. So you know? listen, this is... <laughs> If you don't know Mary, this is what you need to know about Mary. She is an accomplished digital and marketing specialist. She has worked for major brands that you guys know, sometimes love, sometimes hate, depending on what's happening on Twitter. Very true. Sony Music Group, Viacom. Um, Let's see what else we got here. City Parks Foundation. (laughs) Uptown Magazine. It don't get blacker than that. Psych, yes it does. Black Enterprise, CBS, <laughs> the BET, the BET. You've also you've also listed here that you've done you did wait the Rolling Stones, not even the Rolling Stone I worked, magazine. I worked on the With, tour for a few. What? A, a few tours. What do you talk? A, a tour. A few I, no, dates. No, 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 wait, a few don't, dates. Don't say it like that. Like a few I've dates. never worked. I've seen Mick Jagger like run inside this. the arena. What? 
What? I got hit on by Keith Richards. What? You've lived a whole life. He hit on me. You've Mary lived a whole life. He inappropriately are, hit on me. You are Mary the Stallion. You are Mary the Stallion. I got me too'd by. I mean, that's a story. <laughs> and like, I don't mean to make light of anyone. Me too's not cool though. I don't mean to make light, but like, there are certain people that you want in your life to make there's, a passage. There are certain you. people where it's like, Thank oh, you. and also Johnny Depp, John, Johnny Depp winked at me at what? the show. What? Damn. Okay. So yeah. So Mary's out here living her best life. But um, yeah, I've worked in advertising. Worked she's in the, worked in, in the advertising world you're in, at, the real world. Exactly. At McCann, you've also Vayner done Media. work with Vayner, uh, Mindshare, Jerry Bowen, Mindshare. Yeah. All like literally. I'm just hoping that like maybe my career takes a turn and like I start adding some cooler things. things well, first of all, <laughs> you're you're. Well, my... first of all, let's not do that. You're mega accomplished. I know. Yeah. I do things. I definitely do things, and I know things. Um, but the rolling. Let me tell you that Keith Richards has never even looked my way because he can't. Because <laughs> because I'm usually like in the way way back at any show of any kind. So like you know. I'm trying to make it to at least backstage. They're what they're they're like my number two favorite band of I all time. That. Problematic as hell, yes. but one of my favorite. Everybody I'm, has a problematic fave. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm an Azalea Banks fan. Big problematic Boy. fave. I know. <laughs> I didn't even mean to look at you like that because I was thinking about Uncle Luke, but I was like, you know what? Who am I to judge? No, anybody? Nobody. I'm nobody to judge. Yeah. Anybody and since we're not flip. judging. All your faves are problematic. All hey. of my faves. Every single one. But everyone in my life that's ever worked in media has been problematic. I'm, thir I'm 31 years old. The late 80s to now, we've done uh, 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 the parental warnings, the crack era, uh, BET uncut, and now we got all this shit. Like, my whole life is problematic. Like, I've had to kind of guide myself to some, some beacon of, like, morality. And I'm lucky that I even got, like, midway. It's the human experience. Yep, sure. Everyone is problematic. Yep, sure. That's shout, what we'll say. It. Shout out to BET Uncut. Yeah, that I was like a real reminded. show. That was everybody watched it. We did. It was amazing. Like, it was like a, that it. was like a family show. Like yeah. my cousins and Are like you, you we, watching Uncut? Family show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you been a phone? Yeah, watching Uncut. Yeah, we was watching. The family uncut. wasn't watching Uncut. Let's talk about that. Though. No, they weren't no. doing that. No, we were. We were. I I was in college while you were in junior middle high. school yeah 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 with my cousins and like that was the thing in the yeah. summertime especially yeah, yeah. like freshman year every freshman in. year in college what? everybody was watching uncut in michigan yeah. everybody and black planet was actually relevant. black planet they tried to bring it back and you know what they tried <laughs> and we need to give them an award for trying Last Let's time we talked more. about Black Planet, we were talking about Solange with you, and you were displeased. Hey. I am displeased with what I heard audibly. <laughs> 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 with what she imagined. I, what she imagined. I, I'm open a lot I, of but, but now, but now, like, now, now that we don't have that much to go off of as far as, like, you know, admirable figures in R&B, I've accepted the record into my heart. Wow. There are a couple That's tracks. A and I play those three yes. Yes. in order. Three. About There's three. There's three. Which is technically one song because all the songs are like Very a true. 47 It's one seconds. song, but it's three in today's current media marketplace. Exactly. <laughs> There's, it's snackable music. It's snackable content. Like Agency words. Yeah, snackable. Let's see, how many, let's see how many we can use in here. I'm going to use bandwidth at Band one point. <laughs> I'm gonna best practice. Best practice. The level of effort it'll take for us to actually get yeah, through this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna use onboarding as something too. Oh, I yeah. get ready. Let's get us onboarding. going in here. That's a dream. Well, speaking <laughs> of onboarding, let's onboard everybody to what's going on in today's culture. So, as you guys know, it is time for what dope shit or ain't shit. Where oh, we wanted us to chime in with you. I did, but y'all don't really be paying let's attention. Try that again. Okay. <laughs> we are about to bring to you dope, dope shit. shit. Or ancient. Yay. It would just segment things so much better. Anyway, as you know, this is where we talk about what's going on in advertising and marketing and culture in the digital space or what's happening in your mama's house because sometimes we just want to get it off our chest. I will go ahead and kick off um, because I feel like in this world where CNN doesn't do anything but like piss me off all day because they're showing me all the things that I knew already like the fuckery happening happening in DC, um, and where I feel like I'm not getting enough news, 
I do feel that I have been able to acquire a wider knowledge and different perspectives by focusing on listening to more podcasts, not just my own, um, and not just the podcasts that belong to my friends. So I want to do you all a favor. Um, also, if you're liberal, this is for you. If you're not, you might not want to listen to this. Um, but everybody needs to go to their phones, to whatever podcast at, uh, podcast listening app you are following, and I need y'all, well, that's not what I wanted to do. I need y'all to listen to The Daily from The Times, The New York Times. Um, couple reasons. It's short. So if you guys are not trying to listen to another hour to hour and a half episode like you get from Mixed Company and you just want to know what the fuck is happening in the real world, they give you 20 minutes of real world shit. On this podcast, I have learned about everything from, you know, Roe versus Wade and how it's the, the overturning of the abortion um, legalization in Alabama is nothing more to the governor and her team than a fuckery ploy where basically they're just testing this out to see if it works. And in their own words, if it doesn't work this time, it's okay. We'll just try in a couple more years. Like they literally said from their own words, not just the words read to us by the New York Times staff, um, that they know that this, that this bill is illegal. And they know that it should be technically overturned in the Supreme Court. But that their goal is just to get it through the Supreme Court just to see what happens. So for them, while everybody else is panicking and losing their shit, it's no big deal to these lawmakers in Alabama. Um, also learned about how Donald Trump's taxes from 1987 through 1995 magically showed up on somebody's doorstep. And this man was out here losing $200 million a year. I get mad when I lose $2. He's out here in real life losing $200 million a year. $200 A year over the course of $200, million a year. The fuck? Writing a book about which we all remember about how to, you know, get rich and be wealthy and be successful. And meanwhile, this man is literally just out here losing money. Oh yeah, you can't forget They about talk Trump about University. China. <laughs> that too. They talked about China. Can I say something? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Do you want do you want like a do you want the truth or do you want it to be really nice? I like truth. Are are any of you really surprised by any of this? No. No. But no, I'm not surprised. I have been pissed off for a while that why isn't anybody talking about this? And then I go to my podcast app, and these motherfuckers is talking about it. And I'm like, damn it, why, where have I been? So I say all this to say that I need y'all to follow the times. I need y'all to learn about what's going on in China and how they have been there. Um, what's it called when people spy on you? Come on, y'all. I'm forgetting words. I've been at work all day. No, not espionage. You mean this whole entire trade battle that's happening right now? And the trade battle. Yeah, I think that's what they're talking about real. tomorrow. But basically, like, learn about China. I don't think we're paying <laughs> enough. I don't think we are paying enough uh, attention to China yeah, in the yeah. news. So while all of us are only focused, many of us are only focused on what's happening in the States, there's a lot of shit that oh. we're adopting from overseas we're not paying attention to. I need y'all to understand what's going on with these bills that they're trying to pass and how some of them are some, is some fake shit to divert your attention. And I'm no hotep, but to divert your attention from the real shit. And just, I want more of us to be uh, more abreast of what's happening in the world so we can be smarter and not work off of emotion. Here, here. And Stay I found woke. that this podcast, The Daily, has helped me to become better informed. That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, China's on some sneak shit. No, they are. It's crazy shit, dog. It's, it's crazy just, shit a happening. Lot, a lot of it is like overseas and concentration and, camps, yeah. like real life concentration camps. But I mean, we don't. They don't call it that anymore. But that's what they are. Uh, they're low key like the new colonizers. Yes. They are in Africa, like yeah. the whole continent. Yeah. In Panama, um, in, dog, in Panama. In and you yeah. know I love Panama. When I was in Nigeria, I was like, where the fuck did all these Chinese China. people come from? No, for real. And the infrastructure. Yeah. 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 They're building infrastructure and giving loans to China that they won't be able to, with giving back. loans into Nigeria from China, they won't be able to pay back. Yeah. But exactly. the same thing's happening in Zimbabwe, Kenya, Ghana, Senegal, South mm -hmm. Africa. Botswana, already have in Jamaica and Panama. Panama. Buju made his song about it. Country for sale. Shout mm. out to Buju Bantan releasing a new song, a uh, <laughs> couple new songs this week. Okay, That's I'm very finished. Caribbean of you. Continue. Thank you. Uh, my ain't shit. 
this week is Gucci because they haven't learned their lesson. I thought she was going to say Gucci Mane. I'm not shit. Continue. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Gucci released another uh, product, uh, the Indie Full Turban, which is basically... It's called Indie Full? It's like full of Indie? Indie in? Full Turban. Oh. Which is basically the... Um, the turbans that the Sikhs wear. Oh my! Let me see that photo. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a really bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. They yes. had a whole um, runway of it. Oh yeah. Oh my! So they, yes. they I sent that. some mm-hmm. uh, unmelanated faces uh, down the runway wearing oh, yeah. these turbans, and as you, <laughs> as usual, they they issued the canned response. And so I, I mean, the reason why they ain't shit is because they are fresh off of right. the blackface. Uh, <laughs> uh, what is it? Turmeric. Yeah. So. Clearly, they haven't learned their issue, and I think this also shows that because after the blackface, they put together that collective of diverse Listen, diversity panel, right? Led by Dapper, led yeah, by Dapper, Dapper Dan, Dan and Naomi Campbell, and all that shit. Mm. Um, and still, they this actually is, went to Nigeria with that. I saw Naomi Campbell posting about it with the collective. Yeah, oh shit, uh, <laughs> I need to look at that. Uh, but clearly, like this is, I feel like this is just another example of diversity done wrong where you bring people into the room for to show face but you don't actually give them the equity to really make change because here we are again and they're doing the same old shit or maybe it's more, it could be so many things right but dapper first of all dapper dan leads the uh i would say thought leadership from an african-american mm-hmm. perspective mm-hmm. from a black diasporic perspective dapper dan don't know nothing about being seek so this is what happens when you try to check a box and you use, and we were talking about this before we started mm-hmm. recording, people of color as opposed to really coming, like discussing people in their most authentic self, in their most, right. most authentic stance. I can't tell you nothing about Sikh culture. However, I also want to know what, it, what was going on like while they were submitting sketches for like the, you know, 2019 Collection. lines, like... You know what? We just want to really integrate, you know, fashion from around the world. Like I'm ready for like a really disrespectful sorry to come out for like Christmas. Like I just feel like they're really trying hard to say that they are part trying to be a part of something, right. but you're clearly doing it wrong. I mean, I think to your point, like I don't really know shit about Seek either, but and when I ain't you're, trying to tell you wear no damn turban. Right. right. But to, I think when you're created from a place of empathy, part of it is Thinking about how people will, how how what you're creating will impact people. No, I'm not thinking about. It. I'm gonna ask somebody because I don't know. Right, but I mean, but that's what I'm saying. Like, if you if you are trying to create from a place of empathy, then as you're creating something, you're saying I'm borrowing it from this culture because you know damn well these white people didn't create turbans. So if you're borrowing from someone else's culture and you're trying to be empathetic, then you should at least at the very least reach out to somebody who's from that culture and ask how this would be interpreted. I mean, that's how Diana Ross would do it. Like you said it and I just like the He's music started playing in my head. <laughs> reach out and touch somebody's hand. Listen. But if you if you create something, if you are a fashion house and you're trying to create something new, if there's one thing about being inspired by other cultures and then using that inspiration to help your own creativity. Oh, you mean like the whole camp, copy. the whole camp yes. idea, how it was based off of the book about camp <laughs> and not like the actual um, culture, or like even with the terms now, like yeah, it's based so so. The Met Gala, which also I haven't seen anybody really talk about, yeah. was not necessarily based off of camp as we know as like subculture yeah. in both Atlanta and in New York City and da 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 da, yeah. right? It was based off of a book by a woman who wrote about camp. What's it called? The Art of Camp? It's oh. specifically from that book, not from the culture. It was somebody's interpretation of the mm, culture. Got it. But you know, whatever. We're just here, you know? I like, like trap music and, you know, church music. So I'm just here to be great and listen and watch and consume content. You ain't copying cat something saying like, oh, this is high fashion, but that, but that's not the story. No, not my business. Okay. My, it, mine's not shit, but it's not as impactful as everybody else's. Today at CNN.com, they made a good note that um, the <laughs> – that KISS frontman Gene Simmons delivers briefing at Pentagon podium that hasn't seen a spokesperson in a year. 
So basically, there hasn't been a real life like press briefing for almost about seventy days. Yes, April Ryan's been talking about that for a long time. Yeah, she's and literally been saying. Well, I also follow her, so let me take <laughs> a step back. Like, why don't y'all know? I follow April Ryan because she be giving tea, and she gets real sassy with the people that deserve it. But she's mentioned that they have not had, I think prior to that, it was a fake one and it was just for the kids that bring your, bring your kids to work day. Oh, it must've been that Gerard Butler. He went on the podium to talk about his latest movie and then kiss Frontman is talking about welcome to America. Some, some mess, not what the Pentagon podium is used for. Um, People are saying it's the latest sign of the Trump's administration, ongoing marginalization of the press briefing. Um, and to ways to not s- communicate news to the public. And I think it's they've already taken out cameras out of the room, so. Yeah. It's literally the podium is collecting dust. Yeah. Because it has not been used again. Well, I mean, I hope they clean it, because, like, there's a lot of people employed there, but still, I know what you mean. You know, people just walk by. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give a press briefing next week if they want. I mean, we can. We can do that. We, we can do air that. the next episode from the um, Pentagon um, briefing room. Yeah, no. They, they, <laughs> there's something to be said, and I recognize a lot of people in our generation talk about, you know, we don't need tradition as much, but I think there's just something about forcefully disrespecting, like, since we want to talk about sanctity, the sanctity of government and how, right. like, that used to be a very, um, it used to be on a pedestal to work for government. It used to be... It used to be something to be respected to be the president. It used to be something respected to be part of the communications team for an administration. And, you know, these days it's just like an episode of your favorite reality show. Like, I don't know, The Apprentice. Um, There's like, there's order in the government. That is what you use to govern. And now everything is out of order. So it's. A mess. Yeah. And for more mess, that leads to more problems. But who's we really counting We should have known. <laughs> I, I used to watch The Apprentice, so we should have known. I knew this was going to happen. It's fine. I saw this episode before. Cool. All right. More time. You got anything? Yeah, you, Mary. I feel like I, f- I feel it. It's Go ahead. Your spirit. Take it in. <laughs> Go I just off. want people that are under 5'10 to stop trying to be stallions. I never claimed that. I was you looked in my soul. I'm not claiming that. You looked in my soul. I'm a pony. (laughs) Meg, the stallion is for the tall. I saw you tweet about that. It's not a tweet, it's a fact. How about that? It's a fact. Who is out here claiming to be a stallion? There are a lot of friends that I have in my life that are 5758 that are suddenly 59510. And I'm like, no, you're not. I'm, I'm standing next to you. You can't, you, you don't, no, you're not a stallion. You are a pony. You might even be a dwarf horse. See? I will I'm take pony. So, I'm not that short. But I, I just, that's what I don't I'm like I'm short, right now. and I'm not no like yeah, a dwarf zebra. horse. Tall so, women deserve a moment. Yes. There's a lot of short rappers that are women that yes. y'all can choose from. We, and we did we for a long time. We ain't nothing about nobody. But we have a champion, <laughs> and that belongs to our community of what does tall that people. Off? So how does, one go, how does one go about not appropriating stallion Don't appropriate status? tallness. First of all, <laughs> how do we don't, go about don't not add on another that. inch or okay. two inches to act like you were a stallion. Okay. You're not. Okay, okay, okay. Second of all, yes, stallions are castrated male horses. However, but stallion is a term that's used important. in the South to yes. describe a tall, well-built woman. Yes. Otherwise known from from previous generations as brick houses. Yes. But this yes. is specifically that of yes. a stallion. It's the southern terminology. Yes. So I don't want to hear Think black it. beauty. So Think black beauty. That what, was a stallion. Yeah, what ain't what I'm not with is tall appropriation. Sure. And people now trying to jump the line no. knowing that you weren't picking up and getting fridges and getting cereal off fridges and getting stuff out of stores for people like you. I was doing I that. Need I'm quite I'm tall enough to get my own cereal <laughs> off the top shelf. And also, as I mentioned to someone, no one's offered me anything. I'm not the kind of girl that walks down anywhere and somebody says, let me get that for you. Oh. It's hard for me. People don't open doors. They Literally, they look at me like, you got it. So, <laughs> sis, I feel you. I feel you. But I don't need you looking into my spirit like I added an extra inch. I count all of the inches that it's I have. It's just been a really it. triggering weekend since Fever dropped. I, I mean, just want but can we like respect. it? Because you can like it, but okay. I don't need you. I don't need people that are under five ten. Okay. Pretending that they were there. No. You weren't there. 
You didn't. You didn't have. We couldn't even reach the. Your the dresses didn't become shirts. Okay. Your jeans didn't flood for no reason, and you weren't wanting that. No. Okay? No. You weren't ostracized. You weren't asked if you played basketball just because <laughs> you were tall. They didn't ask you if you modeled first? No, they didn't ask if I played basketball? basketball. Yes. Damn, son. That's not okay? what I wanted you to say. We dealt with that. Yeah. No. You did it. Okay? As a as as okay? a as a as a shorter woman. <laughs> as a woman who is shorter. <laughs> I want to say that I empathize with you, and Thank I you. want you, Thank you to have this moment. I just want yeah. talk. We need our time. Take, we take just, it. Take it. We need to shine. This is our shining moment yeah. in hip-hop history. Yeah. Amen. I just need people to stay in there under 5'10 lane. Is she really that tall, though? I'm five, she's 5'10. I'm 5'10. Is she 5'10? Yes. She's no, a stallion. She, that's what she said, but she don't look 5'10. It's a picture. Okay. I just said she don't look it. I never met her. I don't. You, you're trying to devalue her tallness. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I really just thought. I really just thought she called herself. A I don't want this to escalate. Okay. I, I want right, this. I want to. I wanted you to. Someone you know to mediate what? this. I'm gonna mediate. As Thank a you. as a non marginalized woman of height, we see I respect you. you. And Thank I you. and I want you to have this moment. Thank yes. you. Let me know what I can do. Thank you. To help. Tell advocate. your friends that are your height and five nine under to stop acting like they're tall now. Okay. okay. And we tell them not okay. to wear okay. high heels. You yeah. tell them to go get their regular, um, cut jeans yeah. and stay in that lane. I do wear Amen. regular cut jeans. You can yeah. do I that. You, I can't. Yeah. I can't. A good boot I can't. cut. These jeans. Nice. You know why they're capris? Because they are funny on me. <laughs> Shut <now>. up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want this. Live in your truth, sis. Yeah, yeah, listen. I'm here Live to advocate walk. for all I women. I just want to be clear. Yeah. But <laughs> I just want to say, like, her rat shit is my song for the summer. I really enjoy cash shit. It's like, I just... I feel like exact, all, the, all those things, I feel, it, it hits here. W-A-B's, like, yeah. I, I'm, I will... Ratchet, I will is, a, ratchet is a hit. I will ratchet stand behind you. You can get to the middle of the club when it comes on, but I will stand behind you and support... With my vocals from behind, totally. I'm here for all of it. I'm here for everyone thank having you. their moment. Be a tall advocate. Yes, I'm a tall advocate. Okay, I'm a tall you. ally. Sure. I'm an ally for tall women. Thank you. Let me know what I can do to help you thank amplify you. your voice. Thank you. Yeah. This this podcast is helping me amplify Amen. your voice. Amen. Yes. And for those That's of you that here. don't know, uh, you do need to Google Meg the Stallion. I would say um, this is a resurgence of... Uh, feminism in a different form in hip-hop much that we saw 10 years ago it's really facts it's really facts it's an era of storytelling that we're walking into with yes, this record again but 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 woman storytelling and not just like the regular but like yeah i vividly like, i vividly know what she's talking about when i she totally agree when I she align says with stop all points. calling him a trick if he only buys you your food and i'm like yeah, you're yeah. right i'm not He's not I'm a not, trick. I'm not, I'm not, I'm That's, not not a lot. That's not a lot of money. It's not a lot of That's money not at a all. Lot of money. You know, I, I agree. So do that. Do yourselves a favor. She's great. And even on Sex Talk, where <sighs> yeah, no, this that's... individual thinks that she's trying to trap him with a baby, she tells him to leave. You can leave. I do the same thing. She's like, no, 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 you no, can no, walk you out can the door. You should leave. You should go. Oh, hell no, nigga. Go ahead and leave. Yeah. You can walk out there. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, no, that's, that was Leave immediately. I don't ever want you to think that I'm trying to trap you. Yeah, no, this is this is a really good song for 2019. So all of you at the start of summer, get you some Meg and you know Stallion what? Say and your, a tall And you friend. know what? Say your girl's name in bed. Make her make, make her feel good. Make her feel good. Just just wanna like much like Aisha Curry. Sometimes you just wanna hey. feel liked. No, yeah. no, it's a good thing. Sometimes you just wanna feel liked. I get it. It's okay. <laughs> I get it. I understand. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I need to get I'm that. I'm glad y'all had this moment. Oh yeah. my god. <laughs> You know how I feel about these things. Wait, hold on. Never mind. Oh, you mean the tall women? Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah, I thought yeah. you meant us, like together. Oh. Well, you're you, you're not tall, so you know I that. I never claimed okay, all right, just myself sure. as any dwarf okay. horse, pony. <laughs> <laughs> I am happy with my petite size. You know, I can't wear. You have Cardi because B because they became. You have Cardi B. You can take that. You, you know? take that. You, you take your, your Cardi B. There you go. Go ahead. 
I am. I live in the BX, so hey. Yeah, there you go. You truth. enjoy that. Walk into my truth. Yeah, this is a rapturous for everyone. <laughs> amen. Enjoy. But let us have ours. <laughs> yes, yes. Amen. Amen. Thank you. All right. So I think we can talk about equally as important things uh, as Meg the Stallion. You know, hip hop has Meg. We have Mary. There's a lot to be thankful for in 2019. Um, Mary, I think a really good place to start would be just to tell us how you got into marketing and advertising, because that will take us to the things we really, really want to know on the cannabis front uh, towards the end. I think originally when I got into advertising, I thought it was cool to make commercials. Oh, okay. That part was cool. Um, I thought it was cool to control how people respond to brands and be a part of that. And to ideate on it and to make it real. Like, I thought that was really, really awesome. I think for me, coming out of music and entertainment, I wanted to leave that immediately because I knew what that would look like in the future. Mm. And as someone who's like a huge music file, like, I, I love music. Like, music is my biggest thing, it's my biggest, like, therapy for myself. Um, you know, I, I just didn't really feel like it was gonna be something where. I could be my authentic self for a long term. So when our company did layoffs, when I was at Sony and I was like, oh, this is what a mass layoff is. I don't like this. Um, you know, falling into advertising was just kind of like, okay, what was the next step? But being someone that went to U of M, I did my degree in communications. Like I knew that I cared about that because all that we were talking about is how do you make someone respond to an ad or how do you make someone like, respond to the psychology of like teaching a message or like changing someone's perception. So that's what made me think that advertising was cool. Yeah, I still do think that advertising is yeah, amazing. I was like, hey, you're using past tense. Yeah, I know. And I love it. <laughs> but you know, like not but people, you know, I'm not because I'm not with a like because I'm not with in an it agency. Every day, full time, mm -hmm. walking in and out of a building, people are just like, Oh well what do you do? And I'm like, all those things are relevant to what I do now. And I still have all those relationships. And I have agencies that LinkedIn me five a day now. Yeah. So I could go back like tomorrow. tomorrow. Um, and I'd love to. But I think for me, the other thing about advertising is, you know, I was over the, the pussyfooting around the lack of black blackness. Yes. I was over the pussyfooting around the lack of awareness behind what's needed to increase that retention for black and brown folks. I was over the faux inclusion diversity programming around women and protection. I was over being a part of that, acting like it was working and it wasn't. I was over being the black girl in meetings that would have her idea stolen and then co-opted to fit into someone else's idea and then fail and they get blamed for it. I was over being the go-to black person for all black things at the water cooler and in the office and in a meeting. It's always and starts I, at the water and cooler. I was, yeah. And I was over the element of having to teach someone about how to market to me without me actually getting the credit to do the work. Well, I wasn't ready for that last part. <laughs> that last part kind of yeah. took me out because it's, it's true and I don't think we've articulated that part. But that part. And, and I think that advertising is beautiful and I think it's great, but when you look at the renaissance and then the, the, the shift of, you know, black ran agencies or black ran accounts or black ran executives, like those numbers are not what people think that they are and it should be better. A hundred percent. And, you know, working in advertising and being active about that, speaking about that, like I've always been someone that's done both. Like I've had to do my job and be the black girl talking about black stuff all the time. That's mm -hmm. the same thing that's happening in cannabis with me, same thing that's happening in tech, mm -hmm. same thing that's happened in college. Same, like I've always had to be DNI somebody mm -hmm. while just trying to do my job, right? Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, my job gets undershadowed because, mm. oh, you're black, talk about black things. And I'm like, no, these are the things I've done with metrics that make me a strong marketer. Right. So that's not going to go away. You know, this, that, that's going to be in everything that we do. Uh, but, you know, after a certain point, you have to think, if you're just going to not utilize me or overuse me or not use me at all, or view me as a threat because I know more about how to market to black people than you do, random white man, then why am I working for you? Mm. Very fair. And I think I think you I think what you've done or what we're seeing you do, because I'm sure it's more than like what we know your career to be, your career growth in these recent 
years to be, is you've been able to take that question of like, what am I doing here? Why am I doing it for you? And you've turned it into something very successful for yourself. So can you talk to us a little bit about how your experiences in advertising, if any, um, helped you to transition into, um, into the world of cannabis? Honestly, I would say what's missing in cannabis is, this is how we all started at Canaclusive with my two other co-founders, Charlize Antoinette and Tanya Rapley Flash, is we realized that in 2017, which isn't a long time ago. It's like a year and a half, but literally, fair. Um, you know, we were in LA and we would be one, and it just still happens, by the way. Like my co-founder, Charlize, went to an event put on um, where a sponsor, I'm not gonna say the sponsor, but uh, the event, they were the only four black women in the room, and yet they were used as the successful email marketing thank you note at, from the event. When everybody like in the email, black. that's whose picture? Yes, that's who, that's who they chose, yep. right? Um, so it's still like that. We were being the one of one of five, three of five, three of 10 black people in a festival or in a meeting or in a room about cannabis. And I moved to LA really because cannabis became more of a healing agent for me. And it had to, like I, I, I witnessed a big shift with my health in 2012, 2013, and I had to make a drastic change. And with Crohn's, which was not something that anybody in my family had, um, you know, my black family, we die from stuff that, you know, we know that's good, like shooting someone or alcoholism or okay. strokes, you know, things that, things yeah. that, yeah. things that we, these you are know, high, these are high they, quality, you know, high quality <laughs> Yeah, 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 gotcha, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I usually like coolie high, just like heart attack. The usual suspect. Stuff, stuff, yeah. stuff that, stuff that, that Bubba ate too much fried grease, and you knew he what was going got on. Got the gout. Mm -hmm. Got the gout. gout. Diabetes. Mm -hmm. But you know, Crohn's. Like, what is that? What? So that changed everything. It changed me even being able to work full time successfully. It changed me being able to even stay awake to work. Mm -hmm. And my life was in a space where medicine wasn't doing what medicine was supposed to do, and cannabis shifted all of that, mm -hmm. right? Once I started using it way more medicinally, studying which strains work for me and different consumption methodologies, right? So I moved out there to pretty much be like, oh, I got a three-page resume. I'm something, something. I know what I'm doing. I go, go, go. My resume is fire. My LinkedIn is fire. I'm, I'm good, right? Mm -hmm. My reel is amazing. I'll get a job. Couldn't get no one to take me seriously. Um, or I would get callbacks. I'd meet them. I'm black. They're like, oh, oh my gosh. That's Mary. Mary. <laughs> hey. Oh. Oh. You're, oh. You know, I thought and you know, and different. I and I told you about my my inner voice, the one I used to really. Mm -hmm. Hey, that's the one that I was using on phone calls whenever I talked to people on the okay. phone. Okay. <laughs> to be able to make them really, really give me an interview. Okay. And this is like my safe. You know, secure. there are movies and books about this. This is a life. This is. This is the whole life. We all do this, guys. Yeah. We, we do have this in to. every we meeting. We do this even if we have to like speak to the manager. This is our speak to the manager voice. Yeah. It depends on how pissed I call off until. I am. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's no voice until. So even this wasn't getting me the bag, Damn. right? And so, you know, when you've come out of, you know, when you know what it is, you know what it is. Yep. And so we started our own thing. And there were no in there were inclusive photography featuring Mar melanated, marginalized people consuming like we do, like regular folks, wasn't really out there, in our opinion, like that. And outside of Snoop being someone's Instagram post or Wiz mm. or a Bob Marley mention, you didn't see women. people actually people. pushing women or pushing melanated bodies consuming like they would like regular human beings. All the other photography items were just negative and skewed negative, and it made us look like, it, it just, Stuff still makes us look like we're criminals. Yep. And my consumption experience evolved none of those experiences at all. So we started that photo project with Canaclusive, and that put us into the realm of people wanting us to help us with marketing, wanting us to help them with understanding what it is to be in this industry, what it is to figure out driving the needle on equity. How do we make spaces for us? What does that look like from policy on down to actual legwork, right? So with that being said, 
that's where we kind of landed. And we're able to offer those services to a myriad of people um, in this industry that care about those goals as well. So our overall item is this, is that we don't work for companies that don't care about inclusion. Mm -hmm. um, if they don't care, we call them out and let people know that they don't. Mm -hmm. Two, uh, we care a lot about trying to make people understand the value of the multicultural market from a spending standpoint. Mm -hmm. Those numbers matter because everybody wants to be in the mainstream. And my whole thing is I don't care about making stuff attractive to cannabis consumers. I want all three of you to open up your eyes and buy things. Mm -hmm. That's the audience that matters. That's the audience that you need. Mm -hmm. That's the audience that might not even know that they could treat their chronic health issue with the plant. Right. That's the audience that doesn't even know that they need to go get a, a license to even consider being able to buy it, get a medical marijuana card. I need these people to be way more aware about this than I am because right. you're going to tell your mainstream friends about this too. That's who we care about because cannabis consumers, yes, we're a crew. Yes, we are tight, but we need especially black and brown people to look at this from not just a what can this do to help me health-wise, but what can this do to put me into a place to build generational wealth for myself. And sorry, that's it. I didn't, We're done. Okay. I was back to my voice. I didn't. I didn't want to cut anybody off. No, I think everything you're saying is so powerful, and but it's not only coming from you. So I think that in the media, what we see is a lot of black people, black men and women talking about how this is our opportunity to build generational wealth. I think, I do not remember the basketball player that I saw, but um, there was a clip on Instagram, because you know, I only got 15 seconds to really watch and learn things, um, where he discussed, you know, we missed out on sugar, we missed out on cotton, we missed out on the industrial revolution, and now, you know, this, the, the cannabis revolution, as they're calling it, has given us an opportunity. I think, there is a dissonance, though, especially from a lot of older people. And when I say older, I mean like my mama and my auntie age, where for, for maybe millennials, we may feel that this is an opportunity to build generational wealth. But there still is this idea that somehow marijuana and black people equals criminal. And you right. mentioned that that's something that like you've been working to curtail as well. Well, yeah. I would say the reason why that's so Let's go, let's do a little history lesson. The term marijuana didn't pop up until like the 1920s, 1930s because it was used as a campaign created by a very, very well-known media family to scare white people into being against marijuana. Oh my God, sounds like a lot what we're experiencing today. So that's why I don't like to use that term mm -hmm. and I try to t educate people on like what that really meant, because marijuana sounded Mexican enough to make people realize that, oh my God, the Mexicans, the blacks are gonna do all these drugs. Mm. So, you know, so let's, that's why I'm like, you can use that, but know that you're using a word that was made to target the shit out of you. Mm -hmm. So, one, two, um, look, cannabis doesn't solve racism, and racism has been here, I mean, the. The police are based off the bylines of the KKK. Yep. So, you know, like at the end of the day, I want people to understand that still listening to the trick of the master, the campaign against cannabis, which was a giant propaganda scheme that's clearly worked in a way to where like we're so blinded and so hurtled against making transition into it because of stuff that our churches have told us, mm -hmm. that false narratives have told us. And even those false narratives have more false narratives. We've been really living under a lie behind the understanding of this medicine from the hemp and cannabis side, mm -hmm. all because it was targeted to really, really put black people and brown people under the gun of stereotype and stigmas and material science because hemp is so flexible as a material mm -hmm. that it threatened the cotton in the plastic industry. And it was bigger than timber at one point as well. Mm. So I know for a fact, somebody down south grew hemp because that's the best climate conditions for it. Mm -hmm. Somebody in the Caribbean more than likely definitely did hemp or cannabis as well. I mean, But mm -hmm. I just yep. say that to say mm -hmm. there's so much more that we have fallen under into with our stigma against cannabis, which is all based on lies that you know, our job, my job, and everyone who is considered an advocate in this space from a business level and just from a policy level, 
we got to go against a over close to a hundred year campaign telling yeah. people that something has been this way for a while. That's that's a lot of work. Yeah, you know that's okay. a lot of work. Because like, there's two parts of it. You know, black and brown people are basically the SMEs of this industry. Hundred like, percent. We know it from like beyond. You know, my like grandmothers or whatever use like weed tea for like, right. I said, that's everybody, every, everybody. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> as, as did mine. As did mine. I too. <laughs> But and it to me seeing that everybody wants to get into this industry, it's it's reaching superfood levels. How it's we, beyond that actually, but go ahead. We have so we have like we want to participate in this industry, but minorities are lit looks literally blocked from entering and participating and successfully participating in this industry. Like how do we move beyond that? And how do we get like you know, we can't raise enough capital on our own, but we have to get it from our community and stuff. And then we face this other barrier from our community, especially our older community, about cannabis. Right, so. physical and, like, fear-based mm -hmm. barriers. Right. How, do, how, how can, what advice do you have for people that want to get past those barriers to become more educated and to be included in, um, in this industry? I would say at this point, you need to just find some way to make this money and you need to figure out if you want to make an ancillary product or figure out what it is to come together and actually invest. And I don't like to pretend that people that are black don't have capital or money. And although it's, it's been hard to get people to really understand what the capital value is, when you think about wanting to own a dispensary, which I want to say this, a dispensary is not the way to make money in this business. And if that's all you care about doing, let me tell you right now, $25 million, maybe even 10. If you ain't got that, plus the experience, and already a plant-touching business somewhere else. Take your broke ass home. someone that's part of your team that has that already, and it's fluid, stop. Dispensaries do not make the money that people think. You have to be able to bring in a minimum 5 to $10 million a month to be able to even think about paying back on 280E, which is right now 40 to 70% of your profit. Mm. So what's the 280 right? That's a provision that's made by the IRS against plant-touching cannabis businesses because it's a Schedule One drug. So that's why within D.C. there's like all these different acts that people are trying to pass through to relieve that item and provide solutions for banking. But you can't put your money in the bank. You can't even like use like PayPal to do transactions on a website for CBD products. Oh. So when people are like, you almost start this online dispensary. No, you're not. Yo, <laughs> I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start. You know, like no, you're not. And you like you just can't do that. And almost start a delivery service. Do you have five million dollars? Do you have a lobbyist? Are you friends with your city council member and your congressman and your senator? At the same time. Because you need all that to be able to even pretend that you might even be able to get the license that you've applied for and paid cash for that you won't get back. Uh. Mm. So if you don't have the energy or the team experience to worry about making what you got to make a month, yeah, that no. loss when it goes bad, you're in the red. How much? Like, do you really want to take on that loss? Not really. And I just want people to understand, like, the idea and culture around dispensaries. I was in L.A. with my team, with my squad last week, and five dispensaries I used to go to six months ago are gone. Hmm. Dispensaries that they used to go to, gone in a year. And the products that we used to get, those are now gone. And then there's something else. So what's the so alternative? It's not, so the alternative is ancillary businesses. The industry needs better design, better marketing, better accountants, better HR, better lawyers. Um, it needs investors that know what's going on, bankers that know how to help people figure out their money. It needs people that understand financing. Uh, it needs people that, if you're going to invest in a grow, you can do that. If you want to start a grow, have a team, but... All these things Sounds really, like business really matter. Function, like business functions. <laughs> like, yeah. Y'all need, need to go. We need to go back to the business plan days. You can so. make, you can create a CBD product, but guess what? Everybody got CBD product. And at the end of the day, if your product isn't great or good and you're getting like your oil from like China or Croatia for cheap, I'm not going to buy it. And I'm going to tell other people not to buy it too. Because my job as a conscious consumer mm. that deals with people that have real issues with going on medically that rely on this, it's my job, because I wouldn't take it, to tell you not to take it. Mm. 
So you're going to run into people like me. They're going to be like, well, what's your certificate of analysis? Oh, I don't know. All right, bro, then I can't recommend you and I can't work for you and I won't market you and I won't promote you. That's how serious I'm about the health that the health and the regulation that I create for myself when it comes to that. And if the industry just self-regulated itself, we wouldn't have all these fears around the FDA doing what he needs to do to make it more palatable for all of Trump's big boys to be in the game because they're already in it, by the way. So that's why we are where we are. But that's what I want people to think about is if you just want a dispensary, you need to figure out how to have millions of dollars mm -hmm. and how to have a lobbyist and a connection to whoever's going to be looking at your work politically and an application writer and a team and be able to pay all that and be able to last it out. Could you, you have people that haven't been able to last it out and they're selling their licenses for like 30 to $50 million? Even listening to you talk about it, I don't think, for, for anyone that I know that has taken a step into the business, I think that they have considered it from either an agricultural perspective of like, oh, I'm a grow my own shit, or to your point, building the building a dispensary. But like even hearing you say, oh yeah, but you know, they need accountants and shit. You know, they need people to put together their marketing. It's a business. It's a bit it's like it's a real business. But yeah. even like knowing that versus like actually hearing it and absorbing it right now is very different. So I even think that that is key for this conversation. 100%. Especially for those of us that work in these businesses where, it's we, a business. have not, where we have not felt included, where we have a, a certain subject matter expertise on a certain amount of No, people, 100%. And that we would be able to potentially uh, transition our skills as well. I mean, no, and, 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 and the other thing I also have to kind of like share is this, is that, you know, this wasn't just like osmosis. Like, I've paid like thousands of dollars for classes. Yeah. My library is like, I have 25 books. I've read every book. Yeah. So when people are like, yo, let me pick your brain, I tell them to eat said every this part. <laughs> of We've heard this before. We have to dinner. <laughs> because that's not going to happen. Yeah. And I can't do that. You know, like, your dinner doesn't cover my bills. Yep. This phone call yep. is not even going to be able to give you what you need to know for 30 minutes to pick my brain. Yeah. And I think in general, not just me, but anybody, that culture that we create of feeling like I need to get things for free, yeah, you can. You can do the same thing I did, but I still paid right. for everything that I've had to learn, whether in losses or gains. So it's not. I'm not saying this to be like, I don't want to be a resource, but that's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. resources aren't just resources because they're just there. Those were built up hard for a reason. And we have to really understand my thing as a black body, I'm going to always give you the hookup. But if you can't respect the hookup when other people are charging you thousands and not even giving a care about you being successful, mm. that's not cool from just an ethics standpoint. Mm -hmm. This is a lot of, like, Things change. I'm checking my email now because I'm getting emails about stuff related to work that I have to apply that I thought was cool yesterday. It changes that frequently. It changes that frequently. Is that due to the re the over regulation or is that? It could be to that. Like it can be what is. someone thought about something. It could be a, a change of strategy. All of that. Got you. But you know, there's a lot that goes. This, into this, this doesn't. This people are trying to figure out their lane here. For people who, like, we talk, I mean, our show's about marketing and advertising, so we're talking to people who are experts, but they want to get into this industry, and they want to apply their expertise. Where do they begin with All that? right, three things you can start doing. Start going to meetings. Start going to events. My top five mm -hmm. on the Revel, MJ BizCon, which is overwhelming, but if you can afford it, do that. Women Grow. Anything that's put on as like a forum by uh, minorities for medical marijuana, which I'm also New York State chapter president. Um, any of the events that Canaclusive does, uh, and I would even say six for good measure is following the work behind um, the Minority Cannabis Business Association. Mm -hmm. And I would say following the work behind the Canacultural Association. But really the events that people can go to on the Revel's really good. MJ BizCon is really, really good. Women Grow events are very, very good for women. 
And as for, I mean, and all of these events that I listed are inclusive. I don't recommend just straight up. Well, MJ BizCon is very overwhelmingly bro and very mm-hmm. overwhelmingly white. So was the National Cannabis Industry Association events. I have been to those and I've sat there like, I don't like this and mm-hmm. I don't, and I'm only here because I, you Should know, because I don't want to get fined. Um, but I try to recommend events where I don't feel like, here I am, just me. It's right. me holding down everybody black, which I will do for the culture, but that's exhausting. It is yeah, exhausting. And when you're my age, yeah. and I mean, we've all been through it, right? Like, I hit my, like, you know what? I'm not dealing with this shit at 35 out in LA. Mm-hmm. And that's when we just started our own company. It took me at 35 to be like, I can't do, I, I can't sit back and be um, miscounted. I can't do this anymore. So like you're, you're part of the class of advertising marketers who y'all should be in leadership right now. Like I would, I should definitely be an executive in leadership. 100%. Your tenure. And so like, I'm watching you, I'm watching like the women who do curl fest, all of you who started Mm -hmm. in advertising, basically being like, fuck this. I'm out. Yeah. I'm going to go do my own thing. What would you say is like the core message to the people in leadership who basically say they can't find people like you? Because you are those people who should be sitting on the panels when they're completely white and completely male. Or fuck a panel. You or, are the people that should, should actually be, in, be sitting in yeah, the in seat. The C-suite. Yeah. I would say, you know, there are still people that are in the fight, you know. Good, you know, we need we need the Tiffany Warrens, we need Doug's, we need Doug at T. TBWA, we need everyone who's still in this. It's to me, everybody I know that's doing dope ish came out of advertising and said, fuck this. Yeah. Everybody. Everybody I know. Every everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody. Arlene Peterson, Ty Triplett, Kenji Summers. Like everybody's doing their own powerful thing. Um would I still be an executive in advertising had the odds and the retention and the efforts to understand creative genius be better? 100%. Mm. You know, like being an entrepreneur is not for the weak. This is not nope. easy. Nope. For people that think that it is, you're tripping. Right. For people that are like, oh, you don't do anything all day, I'm going to be up till one finishing decks because I did a new download on information. Mm-hmm. I've been up since 530 because of my meditation and workout practice. I do what I need to do to sustain. Right. Would I love to feel comfortable? One, no job should be felt like it's a comfort thing, because this job, could, this could be gone tomorrow, right? Yeah. But, you know, I think that the industry and the way that these systems are working within these companies needs to change. Right. These hours that people are expecting you to work for an account that has cut that so in half, or an account manager that's sexually harassing you from somewhere else, and you just got to sit with it because you need they're, they're a linchpin in your agency. That's whack, mm-hmm. and especially as a woman, like I dealt with so much. Like, wait, what did you say to me with people that were clients? And I would just have to be like, oh, okay, like that's ridiculous, and not for nothing. Me too, or not? Advertising is still trying to truck it along and still putting together all white teams and making them the front stars of articles. So when I look out and when I look back in, I'm like, what what would I be coming back into? Would I be coming back to in a space that understands that, yeah, you should listen to me as a multicultural person and I should be someone that can take lead on your multicultural idea, company? Sure, but I don't think I've seen that shift yet. And for those that are still sticking it out, They've done it, and I'm very, very happy for them. But I, everybody I know who's my, that's my contemporary or if they're my age range, we all said fuck it and we're killing it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, to that point, like, I looked at the number. And we really kind of, at the time, more than likely, don't really want to have to. Yeah. Because uh-huh. if I don't, because, I mean, it's essentially what one of my investors has said to me all the time, like, and Pacino's great for this. We're eating what we kill. Yeah. We literally are eating what we kill. That's a totally different drive that you have to create um, versus someone bringing the meal to you. That's a you different just, like, hustle, definitely. It up. Very true. Yeah. All right. Well, 
I would say the mo the one thing that people are gonna want to know is how they how do they see you? How do they reach you? Where they mostly where do they follow you on the social medias? How do they track you for your great humor and your warnings about Meg the Stallion? And of course keeping an eye out for how they can get involved in Can Occlusive. Uh, I would say follow Can Occlusive, which is C-A-N-N-A-C-L-U-S-I-V-E. Um, I'm on the internet. Uh, just to let people know, I'm fun, but I'm also, like, real, but I'm also, like, boring. So you're not going to get consistent jokes. You're not going to get... You're, you're going to get insights and, you know, things like that. But, you know... I don't take photos of me in beautiful outfits staring at the ground modeling. I don't have... You took a couple recently. And I had that. Like, you know, I was like, you're wild. You know, I'm trying something new. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get... You took a couple. I saw... I was like... <laughs> you know, I'm trying. Okay. Yeah. I enjoy... I, I, I was like... No, I because like, no, because real, I was actually with this like really I dope. I think somebody might have like hashtag. Like, no, no, no. I was really it. with this like really dope young cat. His name's Endear Pearson. He runs um, Student MJ, MMJ Alliance, which is like a collegiate network of people that have conversations around cannabis. Mm -hmm. um, and he goes, he's graduating from Brown like this Sunday. Mm. And I was like, you know what? I need to put together a IG like photo album. I'm gonna, I'm gonna probably make that happen next week. But you know, like. Content creators like him coming out of Brown, he don't even want to work in an agency. Damn. Wow. They know already. And this dude is a genius. Yeah, that's why like, he doesn't want to work like, in an agency. I talked to him like, you need to be at one of these agencies. And even he is like, yeah, but I see what it is. It's slow. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I see that I wouldn't be take, they wouldn't take me seriously. So he's better on his own being a content creator yeah. that can bring in his own cannabis accounts and close them on his own. Boom. And he's 22. So what are we really saying? You've got an Ivy League black man that's like, oh, I see what it is, and he ain't even in it. Yeah. That's, ugh, you know, that's a little concerning, yeah. you know? Yeah. That's a shit. I mean, and to, and to that point, like, I looked at, I was saying earlier, I looked at the number today, and the number of black people in advertising has actually dropped since 2017 to, like... <laughs> it's because it, everybody quit last yeah, year. It was like... because it, mad people quit. So 2017, it was, like, 5.8. and Shout out to Bennett, Bennett. Last year, it's, like, 5%. So, like, yeah. it's, it's going down, so... Bennett so, and I talk about it, too. Yeah. Yeah. Because Bennett met me at an advertising event where I was talking about diversity. He was like, what's your next step? I think that was two years before I was like, you take the torch. I think I'm on my last leg. I think I've had a conversation like that with him at this event. I think we've had multiple conversations with people like that. Everybody's, Everybody's quitting and pass. leaving. And you know what? And here's the thing. Let's call it for what it is. Hold this for me for a second. Hold this for me for a second. And then they run but away. Let's call it for what it is. If, if this current agency space is creating and keeping a hostile environment and no one's fixing it, it's for a reason. Right. I ain't got time out of my life, which is short, yeah. to be Amen. honest with you. Life is short. Mm -hmm. When you consider time that you spend during your day worrying about yourself, your self-care, and mm -hmm. these clients, life for you with what you need for you is short. Yeah. So if this hostile environment is still hostile and you're not doing anything about it, different brands, then what am I doing for myself if I choose to stay in a hostile environment? Fair. I don't love myself. That part. I love myself a lot. That's actually a really good line. And that's a practice I have to do for myself as a black body anyway, mm -hmm. dealing with the stuff that I deal with just by walking, walking down the, the street. street. So if this is what you have created and you keep going, you have to look at yourself in the mirror and say, we are fucking up. We need to fix this. Yep. Until advertising does that, I don't know what the the options are going to be. Would I, would I stop what I'm doing right now and help build out someone's cannabis practice within a major agency? Yeah. But would they pay me what I deserve and instead of trying to undercut me because I'm a black woman and I'm not a white man? Don't know. And that's the problem. Uh. Well, just because. Right, just because. <laughs> well, with that, Mary Pryor, big sis, Mary D. Stallion. Thank, Thank you, you so much. I appreciate that. Thank you so much for I'm joining so excited us. I got that. <laughs> Make sure you let people know we said it. Okay. We I said will. It I'm going to tell them. 
Um, but thank you for joining us. Thank yes. you for thank you for just like not even spitting game or whatever, but like really just being open and honest about your experience because while we do talk about how, you know, advertising can make it better, sometimes the option is to take your, you know, take your talents to South Beach and go do something better with your time. Um, and it's amazing to watch you flourish on every freaking tag that I follow on Instagram, whether or not it has your name. I'm like, I know her. She's still, y'all follow her too? Okay. Okay, you're everywhere. You're like, I don't so, know if I, here, you you're know in what? a lot of places, or my algorithm is syncing up with I, your here's phone. Here's what I do, and this is important for me because I was raised by my grandmother, and my grandmother was very humble. I do the best that I can with what I have. And I don't make it stylish. I don't make it manicured. If I'm having a bad day, if something bothers me, I'll say it. But I think that I try to be as honest and as truthful as possible. And it resonates with people. And I'm grateful that that's something that I'm comfortable doing now. And I'm able to align all of these gifts and my still love and big passion for advertising because I love it. I love looking at a commercial and being like, I see what they used here. I see one of the five C's. Yes, I see all five C's in practice. I love that. Yeah. I'm grateful for that, being able to bring this into this space. So I have to thank advertising for that, 100%. Love it. All right, well, thank y'all for listening. We'll be back with another episode next time. Mary, thank you again. Thank you. Peace out. Peace. Peace.